Peace to you. Welcome back to The Naked Truth. We are making our way through the Old Testament and we made it to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you want to read along with me, let's begin. Verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. So just to begin like they always do, let's see what Lord is uh, being translated from in this case. In this instance, it's from the name Jehovah. So at this point in the story, that's who the people in this chapter, or at least so far, are, are worshiping as their Lord. And as far as the, uh, the widespread, widespread revelation, it, would mean, it basically means the people have fallen into godlessness. They aren't um, having any one particular religion or religious leader um, give them guidance. Moses is long gone. His brother Aaron is long gone. Joshua, gone. That whole generation has passed away. This is hundreds of years after Moses and all of that. So uh, the people are just kind of winging it and doing what they think is best and what they think is righteous. And what we've seen previously in just the last book, they think it's okay to kidnap dancers and form them, force them into marriages with rapists. Crazy as that sounds, that's what we were reading. So anyway, we're up to verse 2. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. So it says Eli, he's the head priest. He's um, gotten old, he's gotten fat, and he's going blind. But he's got two sons that are next in line, or they're actually also serving as priests. But we read about the corruption that they uh, do as far as the offerings people make. Verse 3. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down. So it sounds like it's talking about a literal lamp. Um, um, not like a figurative, like his his days are dimming and he's going, he's about to die. I don't think it's saying that at all. I think it means an actual lamp that's burning in the tabernacle um and it's about to go out but before it does samuel is the next emerging leader of the people as far as the religion goes um that's what it's talking about here um verse four that the lord called samuel and he said here i am so um it's saying the lord called like uh, audibly as if um, samuel heard it but like i've said before when we read in the new testament no one's heard God's voice at any time, according to Jesus, and um, or seen his form, as, even though we've seen example after example of people in the Old Testament, according to the narrative, seeing the Lord, talking with the Lord, eating with the Lord, wrestling with the Lord, even beating the Lord at a wrestling match, all kinds of things that don't make sense, but it is how it reads, um, just so something you can keep in mind that it's opposite, it contradicts what the gospels say. Um, but we're reading it. So um, Samuel's answering the calling. Verse 5. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. So Samuel heard a voice clearly. It was audible, um, not something in a dream like that woke him up. He actually heard a voice calling him. So he ran to Eli, the head priest, thinking that's who called him. But Eli let him know, no, it wasn't me. Verse 6, then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. 
He answered, I did not call my son, lie down again. So uh, just like we just read, Samuel thinks the calling is coming from a human voice from Eli, but Eli is letting him know, no, it wasn't him who called him again. Verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So that's in parentheses, so it's the narrator letting us know that that's the state of affairs as far as Samuel's walk and path in um, the, the religion is that as yet he had not had a revelation. He hadn't had his burning bush moment like um, Moses had yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. So Samuel's unfamiliar with the calling, so to speak, but he's getting it. And he so he keeps thinking that it's Eli who's calling him, but it's not. So Eli, though, is being the high priest, is apparently more familiar with the different um, spiritual events and supernatural things that can happen um, in one's walk and actually trying to follow the divine. So he's letting him know. So he's picked up on the fact that he keeps hearing a voice calling him, but since it's not him calling him, he knows something else higher must be behind it. Verse 9, therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak Lord for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. So Eli is giving him has given him instruction on how to answer the calling next time he hears it, should he hear it again. Verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. So now it's saying that the Lord's standing there. So it's it's implying that he's actually uh there's actually a physical form of the Lord appearing, not just a voice appearing to um, Samuel and giving him yet another calling. And in this instance, Samuel is following Eli's advice to answer the words he gave him that here he is and to, and, um, and to speak. Verse 11, the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. So Samuel's being given a prophecy that he's, that something's about to happen and it's going to be hair-raising to anyone who hears it. Verse 12, In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. So now, even though Samuel presumably doesn't know the prophecy that Eli got about his um, the way he's handled the ministry and how he's allowed his sons to get away with um, doing all kinds of things considered corrupt, at least according to the narrative as far as the... Um, taking the, the offerings people make by force and um, driving people away from the religion by their ways and having sex with the different women who would gather at the door of the tabernacle. Um, those are the things his, son was, his sons were involved in. And rather than correct his sons, or um, he just let them do it because they're his sons. And we read about that in the previous chapters also. Um, so he also, when when he refused to admonish his kids, his sons, and stop their behavior, um, then that's when he also took part in their judgment. The fact that they were, he got a prophecy that they were going to die both in one day, and that the ministry, basically paraphrasing there, would be taken away from him. 
Those that was the prophecy given to Eli. Um, so now the same the voice or whatever it is that's interacting with Samuel is letting him know that the prophecy given to Eli is going to come to pass from beginning to end. Verse 13, for I've told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. So it's just like I was saying, Eli is the head priest, but his sons are taking part in the duties of the priesthood also. And rather than get them together for what they're doing, he just let them keep doing it. Um, probably grown fat and rich and not really pressed on all the rest of that stuff anymore. And he's older. Um, but mostly probably because they're his sons. Verse 14. And therefore, and but notice there that the revelation that Eli is getting here, I'm sorry, that Samuel got just now didn't include all the details of what it is um, that was prophesied to Eli about his sons, only that it would come true. And a basic overview that uh, the vileness that puts it of uh, what they were up to and the fact that he didn't shut it down. Verse 14, and therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned by, for by sacrifice or offering forever. So now some more of the uh, transgression of what Eli and his children and sons have done is sort of being revealed to Samuel. And the fact that um, the they would do the evil stuff and then think it's okay because they make an offering for it. Um, just like we read before, the religious authorities are the law enforcement. They present the law, they enforce the law, and they benefit from the law when um, people break it because the people have to pay the fines and things to them. And then part of it gets offered to the quote-unquote Lord, and then the rest gets to be their property. So in doing that, they become rich and even corrupt. So um, verse 15, so Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. So now um, the morning has come. Samuel's up and about his duties um, for the house, for the tabernacle, for the the, the, the religion. And um, he's scared to share the prophecy that he got, the revelation that he got with Eli. And it's saying here was a vision. Um, um that's how they're characterizing it as a vision. So verse 16, then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here I am. So now Eli knows that something supernatural must happen for um, Samuel to get called not once, not twice, but three different times. So he knows if he, um, since he didn't come back again, either the calling didn't return or the calling delivered a message to him. So Eli wants to know what's up. Verse 17, and he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you. And more also, if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. So Eli is cornering him, letting him know, look, I know you got a revelation and you better tell me. And if you don't tell me, then may you get whatever it is that has been revealed to you and more. Basically saying, may the curse that was revealed to you um, happen to you and even more than that if you don't tell me what was told you. He wants to know what the message was. Verse 18, then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So 
Eli is sort of resolved to um, resign to the fact that he, okay, well, he did give me that prophecy before that that was what's going to happen. And now it's being affirmed a second time by being told to uh, Samuel, someone who's sort of separate from all of it. He didn't really have a role in any of the things that Eli or his sons were doing. So the fact that the message has been revealed to a whole other person probably affirms it to Eli that, yeah, it's true. It's a true revelation and it's almost certainly going to happen. So he's saying, well, God's will be done. Verse 19. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. So it seems to be saying there that time has gone by. Um, we read earlier that Samuel started his ministry basically as a toddler. Like as soon as he finished breastfeeding, his mother gave him over to the religion, to Eli, to um, um, basically as his adopted son now into the ministry to serve in the tabernacle. And from that time on, that's what he's been doing. And we read earlier that some time had passed and he had grown in stature. Now it seems to be saying he's gotten even older and more time has passed um, by that verse. And that other prophecies had been revealed to him that um, came true. Verse 20, And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. So yeah, some time has clearly gone by. And other revelations have occurred to Samuel. He shared them with the people. And people have seen the things he prophesied or um, what you may think of as predicted come true. So they've accepted the fact that clearly he has a gift or at least is in touch with the divine. Um, and there, uh, he's been established in that sense as a prophet of the Lord, meaning the people believe that the prophets he's getting are from above. They're from God. Verse 21, then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So now it's saying here that another revelation happened in particular in an area called Shiloh and revealed, um, and it was revealed to Samuel in that moment. Um, and it's saying by the word of the Lord. So I'm guessing the next chapter is going to get into that more since that's the end of this chapter. As always, thank you for reading along with me, and I hope the Naked Truth is a blessing for you and that you'll join me again. I love you. I'll see you next time. Peace be with you.